Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Everybody said amen. All right. Today, I've titled my message, The Comeback, a little bit in line with, with, with my own personal comeback story with the malaria and, and then my comeback story in life. But, but everybody loves a good comeback. You see, many people in life, when they brush up against failure, whenever they fail at something that they've set out to do, um, they, they just kind of give up. But other people will allow the failure that they experience to fuel them, somebody say fuel, to fuel them to continue on in life. Some people, they fail and they stop. Other people fail and they turn that failure into fuel. They use it as fuel to continue. And let me just tell you this, while God is a miracle-making God, most times when people experience a comeback, it means, you know, most of the time they push through the failures. They don't let the failure defeat them. They, they, they either reach down within themselves or most of the greatest comebacks are, are whenever they trust in the promises of God. They stand upon the promises of God. They don't look at their current situation and circumstances, but they stand upon what God says in his word. Can I get a good amen? That's a good place to say amen this morning. And so today, what we get an opportunity to do is we get a chance to see the why behind the what. Why does this happen? You know, not just focusing on what has happened. And so I want to go all the way to the end of the message, and I'm going to give you the conclusion at the beginning. And so what you're going to be able to do is you're going to be able to see that my points and the things that I'm sharing is leading to the, to the conclusion that I'm already giving you at the beginning. Are you ready for the conclusion? This is the conclusion of the message today is this, that, you know, there's a great song that says, I once was lost, but now I'm found, right? So, so when you have been found, when you've been found by Jesus, the conclusion is this, that God will use everything that he can possibly use Come on, your family, your occupation, your friends, your failures, your struggles, your hobbies. Come on, he will use your relationships. He will use everything. He will use your life to reach other people. That's the conclusion, that once you're found, you once were lost, but now I'm found. And once you're found, God will use everything he possibly can use in your life to reach others. That's the conclusion. Now let's build up to it. Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. Turn your Bible, please, to Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. It says this. One day, Jesus and his followers, they got into a boat. And Jesus said to his followers, he said, listen, let's go across the lake, which was about 20 miles. Somebody say 20 miles. How do I know that? I used my little ruler in the back of my Bible and, and did it old school. It's about 20 miles and so they started their mission. They started across the lake. While they were sailing, Jesus had fallen asleep. While he was sleeping, a very strong wind blew up on the lake, causing the boat to fill with water. 
and they were in danger. I want to just pause right there just for a second. We speak about this a lot, so it's not going to be anything new to Grace Church, but it is a, it is a concept that is a wrong concept just because just because people are Christian, and I'm not saying they do this intentionally, sometimes they just do things ignorantly, they just don't know any better, but just because somebody is a Christian doesn't mean that their teaching is always truthful. And so I want you to know this morning that following Jesus doesn't mean that your troubles go away, that your problems disappear, that, that, you're, that you're not going to be faced with dangerous situations. And the reason why I want to pause on that is because I've heard a lot of teaching in the last 20 years where, where, where they are, they're selling goods that are not goods, they're bads, because you're expecting that my life is just going to be easy and smooth sailing with no issues. And then at the moment that you find issues, because you've been told that you weren't going to have issues. Now you're mad and you're angry at God, but God himself never promised that you were not going to have issues and troubles. In fact, he said quite the opposite. And so following Jesus doesn't mean that storms are not going to happen. It goes on. The followers went to Jesus and they woke him up. They were afraid. They woke him up and they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And so Jesus gets up and he commands the wind and the waves to stop, and the Bible says that they stopped and it was calm. Somebody say it was calm. And Jesus asked them, where is your faith? It's a good question, right? Where is your faith? You're in this issue. You know, he's kind of a little bit disappointed. He's like, listen, why are you waking me up? This is an issue that certainly you could have dealt with yourself. Why are you so afraid? Why are you thinking that you're going to die? You know what I'm saying? Do you know who controls your life that knows the beginning from the end and, and is the Alpha and the Omega and all these great things? And, and why are you so afraid? He says, where is your faith? You had faith a couple days ago. I remember seeing your faith a couple days ago, but where is it now? Did you forget to pack it in your, in your luggage? Hey, let me look inside your luggage. No, your faith isn't in there. It's not like you even needed a lot of room for your faith because if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be thou removed and it will be, it'll be, it'll be removed. Where is, where is your faith? And so, He's showing us that your faith is what will bring you through the storms of life. Who said that? Who said that? Amen. Somebody said amen. Your faith is what will bring you through the, the troubles of life. And so, and I appreciate that amen so much. And, and it is a good place to say amen because let it happen this way. Let this come about just like we have said. Your faith will bring you through. But I'm telling you guys, listen, I have seen some of the most strong Christians, people that have some of the most incredible testimonies, experience God in powerful ways. In the moment that trouble comes their way, their knees buckle. It's almost like I watched the, anybody watched the fights last night? You don't have to raise your hand, but they had some good fights on last night. I love the fights. I love boxing. I love UFC. I love all of that. Somebody gets clipped on the chin or behind the ear. Oftentimes what happens is their legs, which are strong and sturdy, they get the wobbles. 
And it's like they're standing now on noodles. It's like they're just, they're just kind of, and sometimes I see some of the strongest people that have such strong foundations and powerful experiences in the Lord faced with, with some tough issues. Yes, they're tough issues, but it's almost like they forget. They forget what they've seen God do in the past. And I'm just saying this, that man, in fact, I was just thinking about this first service and I wasn't going to say it. I didn't say it, but I'm going to say it now. There was this guy at the church that I'd come from it is Valley Pentecostal Church in Caldwell. His name was Doc. Doc was probably 98 years old. And Doc had a tool that he used. I think he even made the tool himself. And he would go out on his knees, 94, 95, 96 years old. And he would get down on the grass. And he would take this tool and he would use it to pluck up the dandelions. We had a huge ball field, much bigger than even the one we have out here. And he would take this tool every year and go out and he would use this tool to pluck up the dandelions. He used this tool so frequently and so often that we had to retire the tool because he wore the metal out from plucking dandelions. 94, 95, 96, 97, 97. 98 years old, I think, is whenever he went home to be with the Lord. And this guy was happy to do what it is that he did every single day because he had a story. He had a comeback story. He was grateful to be able to do his part in advancing and building the kingdom of God, which was plucking dandelions. But yet we go through life and we have one thing happen. There was a curveball in life. We were looking to have no issues today. I didn't, have, I didn't want to have any issues today. But then there's an issue. And we are, we are there to, to answer the call, to be the answer to the issue. And everybody in a 10-mile radius knows just how upset we are. What is the difference between that person and what we see Doc doing at 98 years old, getting down on his hands and feet, happy to do something for the kingdom of God? What is the difference? Man, oh man. Help us to become more like Doc. Many strong in faith, their knees buckle, they get the wobbles at the littlest things. So then it goes on to say, the followers were afraid and they were amazed. And they said to each other, who is this that commands even the wind and the water? And they obey him. I've never seen such authority is what they were saying. I've never seen power in this manner, in this way. And I just want to just pause there for a second and say, this is the God that we serve. Whatever it is that you find yourself going through right now, I want you to know that he is able to speak to the wind and speak to the waves and the waves become calm and the wind ceases, whatever storm you're in. Jesus and his followers, they sailed across the lake like they had set out to do. They started in Galilee to the area of the Gerasene people. When Jesus got out on land, a man from the town who had many demons. Some passages will tell you that, 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 that he had up to 2,000 demons that were living, come on, in his being. He was very demonic. 
And he was the greeter of the Gerasenes. Like he was the first person that, 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 that Jesus and the disciples met whenever they came onto, onto the land was this demon-possessed lunatic. For a long time, this man, he didn't wear clothes. That's a story in itself. And he lived in the burial caves. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and he fell down before him. He said with a loud voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? The demon says, please do not torture me. He said this because Jesus was commanding the evil spirits to come out of the man. Many times this evil spirit had taken hold of him. Though he had been kept under guard, that means that there were, there were, there were uh, uh, guards that would stand by him and they would chain him up around his hands and chain his feet up and probably even a chain around his neck. And they would guard him and the spear would take a hold of them and, and even though he was kept under guard and chained up, he often broke his chains, his chains and he was forced by the demon out into lonely place. And I want us to know this, that one of the tactics, one of the main tactics of the enemy is to separate, to divide and conquer. And he sells it. He is so good at selling what it is that he, that, 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 that the devil wants us to do. He's so good at selling it. Next thing you know, we move out thinking that this is the hand of God. And then all of a sudden you're in a lonely place and you realize that you're not supposed to be where you are. I, I've told you about uh, the guy that I know that was going to Pastor Scott Jones's church and he knew that when he retired, they were going to move to Colorado. The day came that he retired and they moved to Colorado, not knowing if there was a church and not knowing this and not knowing that. Got saved in Grace Church of Humble, Texas. It's where he was supposed to be planted, moved, lost his family, lost his wife. Everything that they were hoping to enjoy together, but yet it was, it was packaged and man, this is what we've been waiting for. So the enemy wants to isolate and separate. Here this man is. He's lost his mind. He's out of control, probably desiring more. Jesus asked the man, he said, what is your name? I love how calm, cool, and collected that Jesus is speaking to not just one demon, but over 2,000 demons that were inhabiting this man's body. This is how we approach him. What's your name? The man answered, Legion. Had to have been something like that. Legion. Because many demons were in him. I love this next verse. It says, the demons begged Jesus not to send them into eternal darkness. I think that is so crazy cool. Here's a man that has multiple demons. Multiple probably personalities. And Jesus is having this conversation with the demons. Jesus isn't getting worked up. He's not shouting, he's not screaming, he's not shaking their head. He's not dancing, he's not running the aisles. He's literally just having a conversation because he has the authority over the demons. This man has 2,000 of the demons, and is Jesus begging the demons to leave? 
No, the demons are begging Jesus to leave. And I'm just, I'm just going to hit this real quick. Guys, we're moving. This is prophetic. Just listen to me. We're moving into a territory where there's going to be many, many things that have the resemblance of God moving and being present, but is nothing more than a counterfeit. And so what's dangerous about this is sometimes people are so drawn by, by the supernatural that when something is presented as being from God, man, jump into it, hook, line, and sinker. Hook, line, and I'm telling you that as we get closer to Christ's return, you have to also know that there's going to be many strange voices that are going to, that are going to be spoken. And so it's very important that you, that you are connected, that you're walking in the spirit, right? That you can identify. And then you're also connected one with another. One with another. Like you have to know, you have to know where you're positioned, where you're planted, and you have to have people in your life that you value enough because God has given you them, people in your life that can tell you no. But this is the other problem that works into the hand of the enemy is nobody surrounds themselves with people or few people surround themselves with people that can actually tell them no. In fact, they're not even asking. They're not even asking. And so I'm just, I'm just warning you that as we get closer to Christ's return, there is going to be a lot of things that are presented as one thing when it's really actually something, something different. And the Bible, we don't have to fear this because as we walk in the spirit, amen, we will not fulfill the lust and the desires of the flesh, but we'll also walk in truth and understanding. And it should be, it should be absolutely confirmed with everybody that loves you and, and, and walks with you and supports you. Amen. All right. So, here we've got in a situation. He says, my name is Legion because there's so many. And the demons are begging Jesus not to send them into eternal darkness, but into a bunch of pigs that were feeding on the hillside. The demons beg Jesus, allow us to go into those pigs. And so Jesus said, so be it. Go into the pigs. Just a conversation. Once again, not worked up. Jesus is in complete control. He's not screaming. He's not sweating. He, 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 he's, he's not changed the tone of, of his voice, his demeanor, how he's doing things. And, um, and the demons came out of the man at that moment and went into the pigs. And the herd ran down the hill into the lake and drowned. And when the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran and told everyone around their town. And the people went to see what had happened. They arrived. They found the man sitting at Jesus' feet he was clothed and in his right mind. Why? Because the demons were gone. So I call this calm, clothed, and collected. He was calm. He was clothed. Finally, praise the Lord for clothing. And he was collected. The Bible says the man was sitting at Jesus' feet. He was calm. He was clothed. 
and he was in his right mind. He was, he was collected. Why? Because the demons were gone. And so when you sit at the feet of somebody, this is a sign of adoration and a sign of worship. Why would we adore and why would we worship? Because we've just been delivered from such, such, a, such a, a, a tremendous bondage that we've experienced for years and years and years and years. So the response, I want to know what the response is. How did the people respond? They've been trying to help this man for years. How did the people respond? The response was this. The people were frightened. Those who had seen this happen, they shared how Jesus was the one that healed the man. And all of the people of the Gerasene country, they just celebrated Jesus. They said, man, would you please move here? Would you come and make your dwelling among? No. The Bible says that the people of the Gerasene country asked Jesus to leave. What? He had just done in a second's time what they could not do in years of, 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 of trying to help this guy out, bounding, you know, binding his hand and his, his feet and putting guards around him. He was a nuisance. And Jesus did in a moment's time what they could not do. And their, and their response to it was, you got to go now. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but before I was saved, like I had a few conversations. I was in a few establishments where somebody in authority came up to me and said, uh, Mr. Turner, uh, we're going to have to ask you to leave. And it wasn't because I was doing great and, and wonderful things. But here Jesus has just healed this man. He just set him free, delivered him. And they're saying, listen, you got to go. Why? Because they were afraid. Is it possible that though Jesus solved their problems, they were more in love with their pigs? You see, I believe this. I believe that everybody was celebratory, that, that the man was healed, that he was set free. I think that they, I think they love that, right? Only to the point that, it began to cost them something. See, I think that, that people will celebrate with you as long as, as long as it doesn't cost them something. But at the moment that it begins to cost something, you know what I mean? It's not such a celebration. In fact, can you just kind of, you're going to have to go. You got to go now. This is, this is too costly. I've, I've visited with some folks that, that have been bound and dealt with addiction like I have. And, and some worse and some not as, some not as bad. But I, non, I understand addiction. And I wish I could, I, could, I could package in a pill form of what God has done for me. And just like a doctor, just here, this, take this. Two of these, call me in the morning, and, and, and you're going to be set free. God doesn't, he doesn't do very many things twice the same way, right? And, um, but, but what's wild is, is that, I'll talk to families, and, 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 and even if the person is ready to do whatever it takes, they're just so sick and tired of being sick and tired and, and being bound. Even if the person is ready, this is what I hear from family members. Rehab will cost too much. It'll cost, you know, it's $20,000, $30,000. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, because it, if the person wasn't ready, and if they weren't ready and they weren't desiring everything that you know everything that was in their life to change then it would be like throwing away money i wouldn't i wouldn't encourage you to send anybody to a rehab but i'm telling you what i think that there are some situations where we have to pull out 
all of the stops to help the people that we love. And $20,000 for somebody receiving their life back. And that's kind of what I, what I view here. Like they were celebratory to the point where they now experience loss because the demons went into the pigs, which the pigs now are affecting their livelihood, their income. So they asked Jesus to leave and said, guess what Jesus did? He got in the boat and he left. Jesus never stays where he's not welcome. And I'm just saying this, that if you've kicked the Lord out of your life, if you've kicked the Lord's directives and his commands and his desires for you, if you pushed them down and ran away from them, now would be a wonderful time to repent because at the moment that you ask him to forgive you to come back in your life, he will. But my gosh, please do not blame him when things go topsy-turvy. And when it feels like that you're all alone. In fact, I will say this, that oftentimes God will allow people to feel completely alone when they've chosen something other than following him. Come on, to be their guide and to, and to lead their purpose. Amen. He'll allow you to experience that isolation to draw you back to a place of saying, God, I need you. And guess what? At the moment that you say, God, I need you, he is right there. He is absolutely right there. And so Mark chapter 5, 18, I'm shifting to another book. Same story. Mark chapter 5, 18, a continuance as Jesus was getting into the boat. The man that was freed from the demons begged to go with him, but Jesus would not let him. I'm like, what is that all about? Like, listen, if Jesus had done this incredible work for me, like, I, I don't know about you, but I would be ready to go wherever Jesus was going to. I'd be like, your people are going to be my people. You know what I mean? Your land is going to be my land. Let's go. And so, so check this out. He's set free, sitting at Jesus' feet. He's worshiping him. He's adoring him. And then all of a sudden, Jesus gets up with the disciples. Hey, it's time to go. It's time to go back. And so the man stands up. Yeah, it's time to go back. The man put one foot in Jesus' boat. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Get your foot out of my boat. But Jesus, I want to go where this is like one of the only times, one of the few times where, where, where somebody is wanting to go where Jesus goes. But but Jesus is like, you can't go where, where I'm going. So he's got one foot in, and Jesus is like, no, I'm serious. Get out of my boat. And they, but I'll, I want to go. I'll die. I'll get out of my boat. So he gets out of his boat, and he's kind of shook up, messed up just a little bit. And this is what Jesus said. He said, go home and tell your family what the Lord has done for you. So the man left immediately and began to tell his family he didn't go to his hometown, his home village. He went to the 10 towns around him. He's like, man, I got a big family. And these people know what I have been like for all of these years. And so he went to the 10 towns around him and he began to tell the story of how Jesus had delivered him and how, and, and, and how gracious and merciful Jesus had been. And the Bible says that everybody was amazed. Can you imagine? He steps up to them. He, he, instead of having an angry face, you know what? This man was feared. 
He, this, this, this man, like people were afraid for their lives being around this guy. And now the same man, different countenance, has a huge smile on his face. But he's bearing the same scars. You know, you, you're not bound with chains around your neck and around your, your wrists and around your ankles without it doing some damage. And so here the guy's got the Got, got all the, 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 the markings and the wearing of being, you know, demonically oppressed and possessed and bound and chained. But here he is. He's, he's got this big, beautiful smile. He, and he's probably like this. Hey, you remember me? And then they're looking at his scars. I know you. What? Look at you. What? Guess what the next question was? What happened? What happened? Oh man, let me tell you. You know how I was living in the burial tombs and, and chained and bound and isolated. And let me just tell you, I was in a broke, but look at me now. Jesus came in and he changed and he transformed my life. Romans 8, 28, we all know that everything works for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Here's a little piece of dessert for you. I love that John was talking about one of my favorite desserts, Oreo cookies and milk. Here's just a little Oreo cookie and milk for you. Psalm 107 and verse 14, he brought them out of darkness. And then it says utter darkness and broke away their chains. And I'm like, wow, man, I can relate to this. I've been brought out of utter darkness. Not just darkness, but utter darkness. And there have been some chains that have just been busted off my life. And, and I know this, because I know some of your stories and want to know all your stories, but there are some people that can relate also to this message this morning, to that scripture this morning. So the comeback story always involves some sort of a tragedy, some sort of a, some sort of a letdown. And guess what? Most people, whenever you come to this letdown or this tragedy, many people will leave you at that moment. I had tremendous friendships and incredible relationships when things were going well. I'm talking in the world. But man, when I ran out of money and I was just kind of down and out and my vehicle was busted and, and, and I was needing some help, how many people do you think were around? There was nobody around. Like when I had money in my pocket and we could just go out and have a, have a good time, tons of people around. And so very circumstantial. But I remember also in a high school football game, being down 28 points going into the half. We couldn't get our offense together and they pretty much scored at will every single time. And I remember going into the locker room at halftime and getting a very motivational speech by our coach by our whole coaching staff. I won't go over what they said in this place, but it was very motivational, very moving, very moving. <laughs> and this game was so important. Like if we won the game, we continued on. If we lost the game, we were done. And so he, this guy, these coaches did such a great job of motivating us. And so we went out and we, we, we not only held their offense from scoring any more touchdowns, but we put up a lot of points to our offense and we ended up winning, winning the game. That's a great comeback story that you won't appreciate near as much as I appreciate, but we've all heard of the college hopeful that has the, has the, the injury that, that, that robs him or her from their future. Maybe it's a terrible knee blowout and, and there were a lot of colleges that were looking and, and then all of a sudden they come back 
after the surgery, after the rehab, after the rest, they come back and boom, they, they're, they're putting 40 points on the board and they have 12 assists. And, and so, so everybody's kind of given up on them, but that person never gave up. They never gave, they still continued to fight. They still continued to believe. And I'm just telling you this, that every one of us have a comeback story. Amen. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, like you, you, might, you might think that it's not a great story, but I'm telling you, it's a great story if he has saved you. He has brought you out of darkness and planted your feet upon the rock, which is Christ Jesus. Amen. And I just want you to know this, that there are times in life where you feel like you're at the end, but the truth is, is it's just a new beginning. And you would do anything that you could to not be in this place and in this position. You didn't sign up for it. It's very hurtful. It's the end of something, but it's also the beginning of something. It's the end of one season. It's the beginning of another season. And so sometimes people, because... When you're down and out, a lot of times the people that love you the most will leave you the fastest. And so, so when people are fighting for their comeback, many times people, when they get their comeback, they treat it to give payback. It's like, oh yeah, look at me now. I've got, I've got this successful business and you left me when I was down and out and you wouldn't, you wouldn't look at me now. And so we use our comeback story as a payback, don't you wish you were with me now? I'm thinking of maybe like a husband and wife that, that divorced in the midst of a, of a hardship. And let's just say that, that, that he left her in that, in that hardship. And then she goes on and she becomes successful. And so she might use her comeback as a payback. See, I bet you wish you were with me now. But let me just tell you this, that a comeback is given for us to give back. It's not to pay back. It's not to moosh it in somebody's face. Moosh. I don't know what that is, but you don't moosh it. Your comeback isn't given to moosh it in their face. There it is again. With every comeback, we are commissioned with a cause. Look at this story here. Jesus is like, listen, we're going over. And the disciples are like, don't you see those clouds in the sky? Listen, a bunch of these guys are fishermen. They can understand the, you know, the, the weather, you know, tides and all of that. I don't think it's a really good time to go, Jesus. We're going. Well, why are you so bent on going? I'm adding to this. This is just me. Don't, this is not, don't listen to this if you don't want to. I'm just, this is for entertainment, okay? Can't we wait till tomorrow? See, you don't understand. We've got to go right now. Why do we have to go right now? Because I've got a guy. My guy is over there and he's hurting. And I've heard his cries and I've heard his prayers and I know his desires. He's isolated. He's alone. He's in a dark place. And now is the time. What do you mean now is the time? You'll see. Let's go over. So they cross over. And they deal with the storm, and that was, that was pretty magnificent within itself. But then they step onto the land, and the guy that Jesus went over there for was the guy that met him. He's demonically possessed. He's got 2,000 demons that are taking up residency in his life. And Jesus sets him free, and he gives him a comeback. 
But his comeback isn't to mush it into the face of the people, the townsmen that were so mean to him. It wasn't to mush it into his face of the family members that were embarrassed by him. It wasn't to mush it into his face, the girlfriend that he had before, you know, the first demon took up residency. Boy, I wish you were with me. Man, I'm the talk of the town. I wish you were, yeah, I bet you wish you were with me now, right? It wasn't for that. It was to give back, to share the story. Why? So that other people could come into right relationship. Come on with the Savior. So number one, I'm giving you three things real quick. Jesus is saying this to us today. They may not receive me, but they will receive you. They may not receive me, but they will welcome you. See, many people are not going to know who Jesus is until they start knowing who you are. You know, and you've been putting it off. You're like, you know, like, who am I? Can I just remind you just real quick? This guy was set free from demons and he was sent to go Come on, tell his family of the goodness of God. He didn't go to four years of Bible college. And then he didn't come and he didn't sit on the front row of Grace Church, you know, for five years until, until he had learned enough to where he could go out and, and to be used. He immediately went from being set free and saved to ministering and reaching the towns, reaching the communities, not the community the communities, not just his family, but the families. See, there are people that are not going to know who Jesus is until they begin knowing who you are. See, in the time of being silent and taking the back seat and, and just being quiet because, well, it might not be received real well. Like, listen, that time has passed. When they begin to really know who you are is whenever they're going to find out who Jesus is. There are people that you can reach that I can't reach. And there are people that I can reach that you can't reach. There is nobody that is going to be reached unless we're reaching. If you're not reaching, you're not going to reach anybody. All right? Number two, you are the most powerful witness. You're not the backup. You're the starter. You're not second string. You're first string. But, but, you know, I just don't understand that because look at my scars and look at my pain and look at my story and it's pretty ugly. I got a tremendous past and it's ugly, ugly, ugly. Once again, guys, I'm taking you to a place. I just spoke the second time at a class reunion, a church service at a class reunion. And I'm not kidding you. There are people right now that are watching that are a part of my class right now. And I'm telling you, they would tell you that I was the least likely to give my heart to Jesus. I was, a, I was radically different than the way I am now. But now I'm sold out for Jesus. And it doesn't surprise me, but there are open doors. Because when you're willing, amen, to, to, to do, God will set the stage for things to be done. Amen? And so... The same is true for you. The same is absolutely true for every single person in this. So they're like, listen, but I've got scars. Jesus is like, exactly. Um, the scars don't disqualify you. Because, because the battle becomes the blessing. Your pain leads to the promise. I, I, I wrote this down first thing this morning. It was, a, it was a brand new thought. And this is the thought. Be the gift 
that God has given. And, and what that means, like immediately I knew what that meant. I got to explain it to you because I'm not God. <laughs> he is. Be the gift that you have been given. Meaning that God has given you as a gift to other people. You need to be that gift. Quit trying to be somebody that you're not. Is what the is what the definition is. What the what the meaning is is God has created you to be you. Be you because you are the gift that has been given to other people by God. God has given you to others. But if you are are bound up by being something that you're not, then you're not being the gift that has been given. So be the gift that has been given. You are a powerful witness. Number three is this. You are necessary in expanding God's cause. See, we need to know this, that the Gadarenes was a Gentile region. One of the reasons even Jesus wasn't received there because he was a Jew. And so once again, he's like saying, listen, they are not going to receive me, but they're going to receive you. Come on, you've got family, you've got friends, you've got connections, you've got heritage, you've got legacy. These are your people, and I'm sending you to your people. One of the first missionaries, one of the first powerful missionaries that was sent was a lunatic maniac <laughs> that was demonically possessed. Think about that. From maniac to missionary. From maniac to, I guess it's time. No, no, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> it is time, Matthew. Worship team, thank you so much. He says, I'm going to send you just the way that you are. You're going to do great because I'm with you. I want us to think about this, and I'm just going to close with this thought. Think about the people that were following Jesus, and they thought that he was going to set up this incredible kingdom on the earth and, and you know, overthrow Rome, and, and, and finally they were going to get what belonged to them, right? What, what was owed to them. And then all of a sudden they're following Jesus and he's talking about his death and he's talking about his resurrection throughout the, you know, throughout the three-year process. But then finally it comes to the point where he's arrested and he's taken away to be ridiculed, to be mocked, to be spat upon, to be whipped and beaten, crown of thorns on his head, you know, king's robe around him, just ridiculed. And then he's hung on the cross. Imagine if you were one of the disciples that sold everything that you had. You had a nice fishing boat. You just paid off the note. You know what I mean? You, you, you were getting ready to step into big time because you didn't owe anything on that boat anymore. And all you were going to be doing was making money from here on out. And then all of a sudden, Jesus comes along and you sell your boat. You give your boat away. You just walk away from your boat. You walk away from your nets. You walk away from everything that you know. Why? To follow him. Because he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. You know that there's something significant and special and this is going to be the Savior. This is going to be the Redeemer. But in your mind, His savings and His redeeming just looks a little bit different in your mind than it does in His mind. 
So you're following him. And then all of a sudden he goes to the cross and you're like grieving because you're like, oh my gosh, what have we done? We've put all of our eggs in this basket. And now this is, come on, our hero is now dying. I think John said it or somebody said it. It was either first service or this service. No, he said it this, this, when he was doing communion. The power of one drop of blood. I wonder what that could do. One drop of Jesus' blood. What could that do? Well, I could tell you this. The power of the cross of Jesus Christ where he poured out his blood is still changing lives and affecting lives today. It's still setting people free. Come on, from, from their bondage. It's releasing people from their addictions. It's restoring marriages. There are families that are together today only because of the cross of Jesus Christ. There are relationships that have been saved only because of the cross of Jesus Christ. You are here today. Some of you are here today because God had grace on your life. You're breathing today because of the cross of Jesus Christ. I can tell you this. Many things could have killed me growing up. Most of them were brought on by myself. Stupid things that I've done. Walked away from, from situations multiple times where I should have died. And I firmly believe it is because the Lord was waiting for me. He loved me so much. I don't know why this doesn't make sense. It's just a sense. I'm not saying it's true. But it's a sense that I have that he was waiting for me to bow a knee to him. Because he loved me so much. I don't understand all that. But I'm telling you this. That that cross, which was such a disappointment and so devastating to those maybe that were following him at that moment. Let me tell you, every enemy of mine is at the, it's died on that cross. Isolation, separation, relationship problems, dead. Marital issues, dead. Insecurities, huh? Insecurities, oh, insecurities. I was one of the most insecure people. The reason why I did what I did is because I was so insecure. The reason why I drank the way I drank is because I was so insecure. Dead at the cross of Jesus Christ. So the very thing, the very thing was such, there, there was such devastation. I can't believe this is happening is the very thing that has saved you and I today. And guess what? It's going to continue to save people until Jesus returns. And guess what? God is going to use your story, your comeback, not to pay back, but to give back, just to go to the towns, your communities, and say, let me just tell you what the Lord is. See, some of you have incredible testimonies that you're not sharing enough. And the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb, by what was done on the cross, and by the word of our testimony. See, there are people that know your story, and when you begin to share what God has done, they're going to be like, holy smokes, we've seen it. Sean, there are people that know your story. Woo! You got a story. But they know your story. 
And now they see the blessing of God on your life and how you're, how you're living your life and how, how God has given you purpose. Every single one of us have been given today. Don't waste your comeback. Use it to give back and to give God all the glory. Amen. Because when people begin to really know you is when they're really going to know who Jesus is. And that's going to be pretty remarkable when you're in heaven. And they, well, I don't know what that old song was, Matt, but it was a song about people being, you know, I'm here because of the way that you lived your life. And you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about? That was Ray Bolts. Thank you for Ray giving to Bolts. the Lord. Thank, thank you for giving to the Lord. Yeah, I am a life that was changed. Oh, man, what a great, great song. Everybody, that's your homework. Listen to it today. Let me pray for you. Amen. Does anybody need to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior this morning? Anybody need to rededicate your life this morning to the Lord? Everybody's good? Oh, right here. I saw that real quick. That was like a shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? All right. Lord, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for this word, God. Thank you for your word that is just complete in itself, changes lives. Thank you for changing me. Now, God, use us to change and to be the change that this world needs, Lord. Let us live out loud. Let us live out loud, not obnoxious, just out loud, on display. Let us be light in this dark world that you may be glorified and people may be drawn to you. I thank you, Lord. I pray that all that we've talked about today would be done in our lives. It wouldn't just be knowledge. It would be walked out. Thank you, Lord, for that. That as people begin to know us, God, they're going to have to get to know you because we're just like you. And we talk about you and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.